1: A child of God? You bet. An heir? Co-heir with Christ? To be sure. What about a soldier of Christ? And we'll look at that next on today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. Becoming a soldier of Christ. Just exactly what does that look like? And, you know, we're always talking about being children of God and being loved by God. But this idea of being a soldier for Christ, well, that can seem foreign to many of us in the church today. But that's exactly what Paul refers to here in 2 Timothy chapter 2. Welcome to the broadcast. This is Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community. Won't you join us as we examine God's Word together, that we might understand our role as a soldier of Christ, becoming a soldier of Christ. With today's broadcast, here's Pastor Napoleon Kaufman.
2: I want to share something with you that I believe will bless you. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 2, and I want to talk to you all and we're going to see, you'll see this as we go down here. I want to talk to you all about being soldiers or becoming a soldier for Christ. Becoming a soldier for Christ. Um, uh, one of the things that's happened as we've, especially now uh, with secular humanism and the different things that have really crept into uh, the church and has kind of uh, taken away from the gospel presentation We've kind of presented a gospel, or some individuals have, that have taken the power and the strength and the life out of what it really means to be a Christian. When you open your Bible and you read the book of Acts, and I would encourage everyone to read the book of Acts, these individuals were valiant people. They were dynamic. They were very powerful as they were empowered by God. Um, they, they They did awesome exploits. Um, they were very, very dedicated and faithful to, to, to the commission of God and, and to what God had ordained for them to do in the earth. And let me say this, it was not easy at all. They had nations, they had cities, they had people that were against them. Uh, the book of Acts is just full of so many examples of people having to overcome in their life. And if we're going to be strong Christians in this day and age, we've got to be overcomers. Can I have an amen? Amen. And we have to realize that there's a soldier aspect to who we are as, as Christians. Um, we're fighting against the devil. We're fighting against the culture. We're fighting against our own flesh, amen? We have to bring our flesh into subjection. And so what happens is, very early on, and I know in my personal life with Christ, I realized that this was a fight. It was a battle, that this was something that I was going to I was gonna have to exert my energy under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, so that I could stay in tune with the purpose of God for my life. Apostle Paul, as he's raising up young Timothy, he's not telling him that everything's going to be easy. Can I have an amen? He's not telling him that it's just a cakewalk walking with Christ. He's not telling him that life is just going to always go your way. He's, he's, you're going to see this here in Second Timothy, that he's, he's letting him know, That sometimes in life there's going to be challenges. And not only challenges. But you got to gird yourself up. And become a soldier for Christ. Watch what he says here. In in 2 Timothy chapter 2. Verse 2. Verse 1. And we'll read on down to 13. He says. You therefore my son. Be strong in the grace. That is in Christ Jesus. And the things. That you have heard from me. Among many witnesses. Commit. These to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. He says, You therefore must endure what? Hardship as a good what? Soldier of Jesus Christ. This is what he says. He says, No one, in verse 4, engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him As a what? Soldier. So he uses this terminology. He uses this language. He's trying to emphasize a point here. He's talking about warfare. He's talking about being a soldier. He's talking about endurance. Talking about hardship. He's getting him prepared. Apostle Paul is getting ready to die. He's going to be on with the Lord. And this is his last instructions for this young man of God. He's trying to prepare him. He's trying to get him ready. And he's letting him know, this is what you're going to encounter. This is what you're going to have to deal with. He says in verse 5, And also, if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. He says, the hard worker, the hardworking farmer must first be partaker of the crops. Must first be to partake of the crops. Excuse me. Must be first to partake of the crops. Consider what I say, and may the Lord give you understanding in all things. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel, for which I suffered suffer trouble as an what evildoer, even to the point of chains. But the word of God is not chained. Therefore. I endure all things for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain salvation, which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. This is a faithful saying. For if we died with him, we shall also live with him. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If We are faithless. He remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. Amen? And so we see very clearly here, Apostle Paul is trying to make a point. He's trying to prepare this young man. He's getting him ready for the things that he's going to encounter. And he uses this term soldier. And I think it's important for all of us to to get this in our minds. Christianity is not for the faint of heart. It is not easy walking against the culture. It is not easy doing the things that God wants you to do when you're flesh, when the devil and when, you know, um, the culture is trying to get you to go down a certain road. There's something in us that has to have a little fight in us. We've got to have a little roar in us. Amen. The Bible calls Jesus the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's not just the lamb. And a lot of times when we go through life, we, we take the posture and position of just being a lamb. But Jesus is not just a lamb. He is He is a lion. And there has to be something in us just like the Lord that is willing to to resist, to fight against, to understand that I'm in this and I have been brought into something and at the end of the day, it has to become, walking with with Christ has to become worth fighting for. Has to become worth fighting for. We fight for things we value. We stand for things we value. Well, my relationship with Christ, standing for Christ with God's people we see this year, it has to be worth fighting for. And, and Apostle Paul is preparing this young man and helping him to get this in his spirit and get it settled in our spirit. We have to get it settled in our spirit. If you want to be delivered from certain things at some point in time, you got to be willing to fight your way out of it. You got to be willing to fight you got to be willing to put your roots down and say, I will not be moved. It become consistent and say, you know what? I'm not just going to have this I give up mentality. I want God to forge the warrior within me because I'm involved in warfare on a day-to-day basis. On your job, you're going to be involved in warfare. Sometimes even in your own home, you're going to be involved in warfare. Warfare, it's a part of it. And oftentimes we cower back, but God is looking for individuals to stand. So he says in verse 1, He says, you therefore, my son, he says, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. This is interesting because grace is an empowering influence that God gives you to overcome in your life. A lot of times we just see grace and you guys hear me teach this for years. Grace is not a license to sin. It's the power that is necessary to overcome sin. When we had no power, Christ came to give us power. And he gives us power through his grace. And so grace, he tells them to be strong in this grace that is in Christ Jesus. Be strong in that. The grace that that God has given you, be strong in this grace. Allow the grace of God to work in you and through you. Grace doesn't excuse you. It empowers you. Think about this. You want to be a better husband. Grace will empower you to be a better husband. You want to be a better wife. Grace will empower you to be a better wife. You want to be a better parent. Grace. Ooh, I need that. I need it. Grace will empower you. It's the grace of God. It's the power of God. It's God's super coming upon your natural to empower you. He tells him to be strong in this grace that is in Christ Jesus. And then look what he says in verse 2. And the things that you have heard... From me, he says, among many witnesses, he says, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So now that which I've learned, I've got to learn to pass that on to the next generation or to those who have been faithful so that they can carry on um, that which has been started. And so I like this because a lot of times, even in our personal life, we're just trying to get out of our own situation But if we're not watchful, we can be so focused on our own situation that we don't step out and get other people prepared for their situations. See, this is the gospel. I want to receive. Freely I have received, but then I freely what? Give. Freely you have received, now freely give. He says, commit these things to faithful men. He says, commit it to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. He says in verse 3. You therefore must endure, he says, hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And this is interesting because what he's saying is is you've got to bear up under. You've got to stay under. You've got to put up with, in in some cases, he says, hardship. And sometimes when we're talking about Christianity, we get involved in Christianity. We talk so much about the blessing and how God is going to bless you and he is going to bless you. But I'm going to tell you in your life, if you haven't found it out already, there are going to be moments and seasons in your life that are going to be hard. Look at your neighbor and tell him, you better ask somebody. They're going to be hard. He said, hardship. Hardship. He said, he didn't tell them, he didn't say, well, it happened because somebody did this or somebody did that. He just tells him, you therefore must endure hardship, he says, as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. As a good soldier, we're going to endure hardship. We're going to have to go through moments like this in our lives. Saints, don't flip out. Don't worry. Don't get discouraged. Don't get down. Don't beat yourself up over it. Everybody at some point in their life is going to have to go through a hard time. Is there anyone in this room never gone through a hard time in your life? It's called life. Sometimes it's self-inflicted stuff. Sometimes it's because of righteousness. It just is what it is. But as long as you are enduring as a good soldier... This is what Apostle Paul is is declaring will please God. He says, You therefore, verse 3, must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And then I like the clarity he brings here. He says, No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him, he says, as a soldier. And so this is what we have to stop when we're going through hardship or we go through a period of time and just living as a Christian and we're dealing with being soldiers for Christ. We have to stop and we have to think about, and I like this, instead of us thinking more about our situation and our circumstance, we need to think more about the person who enlisted us. And the fact that he enlisted me and my job is to please him. My desire should be to please him. A lot of times what happens is we get our eyes off the person who enlisted us. We have to get our, and we get on the circumstance. Get your eyes on the one who enlisted you. Because the one who enlisted you will never leave you nor forsake you. He's going to empower you. He will strengthen you. He will encourage you. He'll come alongside you. Can I have an amen? He'll uphold you. He'll strengthen you as you go through whatever you're going through. The problem happens that we have issues when we get our eyes off Jesus, Peter, when he's asking you to walk upon the water. When Peter got his eyes off the enlister, that's when he began to sink. The trouble was going to be there. The water was there. He's trying to, he's trying to give him some, a glimpse of what he could be and what he can do if he keeps, keeps his eyes on him. And it's the same thing with him. A lot of times when we go through hardship, we get in trouble because we stop seeing Jesus. That Red Sea looked real big. Goliath looked real big. Them lions, ooh, Daniel, they looked real big. That cross looked real big. Can I have an amen, y'all? Think about it. You pick up this Bible, it's full of people. They have real big stuff. But when they kept their eyes on God, God did real big things to get them out of this situation. When Paul and Silas were in prison, it looked like a real big situation. But when you're a soldier, you're not looking at the cares and affairs of this life. You want to please the one who enlisted you as a soldier. You keep your eyes on the one who enlisted you as a soldier. And I, and I just want to reiterate this point. Because as we're going through life, we, we have to keep our eyes upon the Lord. He says, no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. Verse 4, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. I want to please God who enlisted me as a soldier. I got to keep my eyes on him whom I seek to please. Look what he says here in verse 5. And also, if anyone competes in athletics, he is not a crowned unless he completes according to the what? Rules. It's the same thing. There are rules. There are boundaries. There's limitations to how we are to respond as we're going through this life. And especially even when we're dealing with, with, with hardship or whatever it is, God outlines that in the Word. So what he's saying here is, if, if, if you want to win this race, one of the rules is you can't be in unbelief. If if you want to win this race, these are the rules. He's saying you got to keep your eyes on me. If if you want to, and we just saw this in the first service, if you want to rule it, you want to win this race, you can't be a a complainer and a grumbler. Didn't we see that in the first service? How many of y'all was in the first service? If you want to win this race, I mean, this is the thing we have to think about. Okay, how does God want me to play, if you will? When I get into a tough situation, what are the rules? Because you can run the race and think you won, but you really lost because you didn't play by the rules. (laughs) Can I have an amen? This is what happens. Relay teams, they run all around and somebody runs out of the lane and they come in first, but they really got disqualified because they didn't play by the rules. A boxer can be in there boxing a guy, bam, knock him out. And then when he's going down, bam, hit him again. But then he lost because he hit him when he was down. It's Think about this. and Saints, listen, we have to think about this when we're going through life. Lord, am I playing according to the rules so that I can please you and I can get rewarded as I go through? Let me give you another, another one. Job was rewarded on the other side, rewarded on the other side of his trial. Why? Because when the time came to be tested and his wife told him to curse God and die, he said, that's not according to the rules. Can I have an amen? When the devil said, oh, he's going to curse you, let me touch his body, he'll curse you. He wouldn't do it. He stayed according to the rules. So when we have a tough time on our job and the boss is tripping out and people are giving us a hard time, we got to ask ourselves, am I playing according to the rules? I'm going to win on this. I'm going to play according to the rules. Because you're just trying to get me to do something that will disqualify myself. Amen. Can I have an amen? amen? You're trying to get me disqualified, huh? Okay, devil, I see you. Ooh, I'm just thinking about stories in my mind. Right now, what the devil try to get me disqualified all it is the devil trying to get you disqualified but when you know how to play why because i'm a good soldier because you're a good soldier you're a good soldier and as a result of that you play according to the rules he says here in verse 5 he says and also if anyone competes in athletics he is not crowned unless he p- competes according to the rules he says the hard-working far- farmer must be first to partake of the crops He says, consider what I say, and may the Lord give you understanding. He says, in all things. Now watch this. Remember that Jesus Christ, of the seed of David, was raised from the dead according to my gospel. He says, for which, (laughs) this is good. He says, I suffer trouble as a what? Evildoer. Even to the point of change... But the word of God is not chained. I want to stop right there. As a soldier, one of the things that we have to keep in mind is that sometimes your life is going to feel like a contradiction. You're going to look wrong, but you can actually be right. Man, I want to just start start running through this place right now. Just thinking about this. Is there room over there? Yeah, I'm just... Because what I'm saying is, listen, this man is saying... That he's suffering according to the will of God. He's suffering, and he's suffering as a evildoer. But Apostle Paul was not a evildoer. And so on the outside, it looked as if he was wrong based on his present circumstance and situation. For which, look at verse 9, I suffer trouble. He says, I'm suffering trouble as an evildoer. Meaning, the culture thinks I'm wrong, but in actuality, I am Right? To the point to where, and this is why you can't not declare whether somebody is living for God totally on the basis of their favorable circumstances or situation. I got to preach on this. Because a lot of times we think we measure a person being right with God totally based on the stuff that they have or the apparent blessing that they have in their life. That is not always the sign that God's hand of blessing is on a person's life. The Bible called him an evildoer. It said that they he suffered as and suffered trouble as an evildoer. The people treated him as though he was an evildoer. He wasn't wrong, he was right. And there's moments in our lives where you may suffer trouble as an evildoer, as a good soldier for Christ. Can I have an amen? And this is the reason why. Now let me say this to you. Stop, uh, You know, the Bible says that a good name is rather to be chosen than precious rubies. What you got to keep in mind, you're not the one that gives yourself a good name. God gives you a good name. He declares whether your name is good. You do the best that you can. I mean, you got to realize the Pharisees and Sadducees were respected in Israel. And to the people, they had a good name. But God said they don't have a good name. Jesus came on the scene and he began to proclaim and do his thing. And as he ministered the gospel, as he ministered the word of the Lord, God was honoring him, but he did not always have a good name in, in the midst of the people. Matter of fact, a lot of people were confused on who he really was. One of the things that I've learned to do is, is to allow God to define me. And stop worrying about how people perceive you. Because some people are going to like you, some people going to hate you. Some people are going to say you're an evildoer. And some people are going to like you when they shouldn't like you. I'm just playing. But, but you know what I'm saying. What happens is we got to get it in on our mind that it's, it's, if we go into this image game, we're going to lose sight on who we're really trying to please. And that is God. And so... This is, and this is the reason why somebody was asking me, well, well, what, you know, do we want to make sure your name in the community and this? Hey, listen, man, I'm done with that. I'm done with, I mean, listen, people like me. Some people do, some people don't. I don't know. I'm just trying to love Jesus and live and die and go be with the Lord. Amen. I don't know about all that. What I'm saying is, is that you're always going to have people that like you and some people that don't like you. If you're losing sleep over it, You got your eyes on the wrong person. Can I have an amen? Apostle Paul, it says very clearly that he was looked upon as an evildoer. But look at his heart. He says, in verse 9, even to the point of chains. He says, but the word of God is not chained. I love this. He knew that God had deposited something in him as a soldier that needed to be dispensed and released, that needed to go forth from him.
1: Well, thank you for joining us for Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. This program is the production of The Well Christian Community. And we pray today's broadcast has blessed you and has encouraged you in Christ. If it has, would you take a moment and let us know? There are several ways that you can contact us. First, by mail. The Well Christian Community. Address your envelope to 2333 Neeson Drive. That's here in Livermore. The zip code is 94551. You can also stop by our website.